Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Book Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined not by Dylan Hughes or by J.D. Hall. I'm joined, Zach Griffith was just on the Power Hour, like, what, two weeks ago? I I can't keep track of time anymore. But surprisingly, for the first time under the iteration of the Power Hour, we are joined by Bryce Shaddy. Bryce, welcome to the Power Hour. Zach, welcome to the Power Hour. Gentlemen, in the tradition of throwing a curveball, when you expect a fastball, what is your favorite joke from Succession? <laughs> season four, starting in a couple of weeks, the final season. Zach, I will start with you. If you want to pass it off to Bryce, you can. Yeah, I will, because I'm mean, ready. I mean, I don't think I could say my favorite joke on this say pod. It. <laughs> say it. We're going to be doing a succession podcast in a couple weeks. It involves a bachelor party. Say the joke. It's we're doing a succession podcast in a couple. I agree to it. We're doing a succession podcast. Why can't you say it here? That's that's a good point. It's a good point. (laughs) I mean, I guess there is already an E next to the episode name, isn't there? Right. There is. Well, if you're on, there's automatically an E. (laughs) Exactly. Bryce, go ahead. Bryce, let, let Zach compose himself. Let's let Zach compose himself. What's your favorite joke? Uh, my favorite joke is when uh, Roman's uh, nude gets sent to his dad. <laughs> That's a good that one. That's my favorite. A good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I'll, I'll go and again, let, give Zach more time to compose himself. It's a simple one, but when they're in the congressional hearing and the senator like unironically reads out, can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Greg's. <laughs> And the look on Tom's face was like, I could not stop laughing. It was probably one of the funniest jokes. I I know I love puns, so it's typical coming from me, but just like, I think the added layer of Tom's face and the senator's face was like pure, pure comedy. Zach, are you ready? <laughs> yes, uh, I'm gonna change my answer because I think everybody oh, knows what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh! Oh, cop out. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll give two answers. You swallowed your own load, <laughs> and uh, when a balloon full of urine is thrown at Logan. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> forgot yeah, about that, that was funny. Two, yeah, two season hilarious. one gems. Two season that's one right. gems. That is very funny, actually. <laughs> And you Another, know, Loki like really throws some shade at people, and it's funny, but he does it in a really low key way. Kendall, yeah, Kendall he does. Say yeah, stuff. he does. He will say stuff off the cuff, and you're like, "Damn, well, that was a burn." I, like uh, when he when he got on the conference call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was actually about to be one of my nominations. It's I don't funny. know why I can't get Little Lord Fuckleroy <laughs> out of my head. Little Lord Fuckleroy, yes. Yeah. And he knew oh. what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. Little Lord Fuckleroy has oh, signed off man. the call. <laughs> All right. Who's, who's your most hated character? Your most hated character. Most hated? Because I know mine. I know mine. All right. I'll go first. Shiv. That was my answer. Dang it. That was mine. That was mine, too. <laughs> wow. Wow. We have, a, wow. we have a unanimous hate of Shiv. Now, 
I will say, Shiv, hot. incredibly hot. I feel like incredibly she's going to redeem hot. herself this year, this season. Incredibly hot, sick as they come, but not a great wife by any means. No, no, not at all, not at all. I'm, and I'm glad, I was very satisfied. Tom got his revenge at the end of season. Absolutely, three. absolutely. Tom wouldn't give a whole soliloquy at the end of season two if she was a great wife. True. Like that was a whole ass soliloquy. Yeah. Like the fake, the fake consoling when Tom's consoling her. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Dismiss me. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Oh man. I can't wait. Succession season what was, four. What was her? Uh, what was his name? Nate. You missed me on Nate. <laughs> Oh, he was a bad guy too. Yeah, he was. You know who's you're I think he maybe was intended to be a bad guy, but you can't help but love him. Stewie. No, I, love... I was just telling Zach this today. In the trailer, they team up with Stewie again. And no one ever wins if you team up with Stewie. Never, ever, ever. It never no, goes one right. Person he stabs wins. you in the back. Stewie yeah, wins. Stewie. Yeah, Stewie wins. But Every Stewie's time. that guy who stabs you in the back and you're just like, man, that guy. It's fucking awesome. No, no, but absolutely like, not. No. Uh, as a character, as a TV character, I love him. As like a person in real life, he's a snake. There's I, I feel like I could separate the two. I I want more Stewie on the screen. No. Now, would I want to get a beer with him? No. No, because he'll stick you with the bill. He'll he'll pull the Irish goodbye. Yeah, he will do that. How dine and dash? I feel like Succession season four, the final season. I'm I'm heartbroken that this is the final season. But if they're they're going out on their terms, which you can't help but love. Yep. Um, we have to get to the NBA though. This is the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> This happens a lot on the curveball, um, as the listeners know. But there, there were some injury news in the NBA. Of course, no other place I can start. But I, I have to start with LeBron. I mean, probably the biggest news in the NBA, injury news in the NBA right now. Um, injured right foot tendon. They're saying he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. I mean, you guys know I was a fan of the Lakers trade deadline acquisitions. But this, I think, I, I don't know. It's this is bad because if this if he's out for three weeks, I don't know if they can win. Bryce, how are you feeling about this? Are you happy that LeBron's going to be out for three weeks, possibly more? Are you happy the Lakers will possibly miss the play? And how are we feeling? I mean, I'm not happy someone gets injured. I'm, not, I'm never happy about it. Right. But however, I mean, this is this is exactly what the Lakers signed up for. I, I mean, I stated on, on Lynn Sanity a couple years ago when he had the ankle injury and he missed a long time. I said, guys, this is the beginning of the end. If he gets hurt, he's going to miss more and more time or he's going to miss longer periods of time. It's just how it happens. We can say you beat father time. Great. OK, but the injuries last longer than they normally do. Uh, so I'm not happy uh, that he's hurt, but. I'm happy that the Lakers are getting exactly what they signed up for Uh, an aging superstar and a younger superstar that's made of glass as well. 
However, they're winning games. I hope they don't make the playoffs, but I mean, they're winning games. What can I say? Yeah, right now they are the 10th seed. Um, however, the margins are razor thin in the West. Zach, just how I know you're the resident a Disney hater. Do you think he can lift this team without LeBron to the play in? Do I trust a Disney? Uh, no. Yeah, the short answer is no. I was just telling Bryce the Lakers. Oh, no. I mean, I didn't. I haven't think. I I haven't thought the Lakers are going to make the playoffs all season, even before the trade deadline, because the roster construction is so bad, the coaching is so bad, the management the management is so bad. There's no depth. I mean, they've improved the depth a little bit. I like the moves they made at the deadline, but they still have like the Schroeders of the world who are getting minutes. And you're relying on a guy pushing 40, still playing at a high level, but pushing 40 and way more injury prone than he used to be. And a Disney, perhaps the most injury prone star of all time and air quotes star for the audience. And as each day goes by, has no place on the top 75 list. So no, I don't trust this team because they're led by a brittle star who has already missed a game in LeBron's absence. No, I don't trust it. The coaching is subpar, uh, worse than subpar. The management's awful. Davis, you can't rely on him. You, I mean, it's proven in the past. You cannot win with him as your best player. There's one season of it where it worked. So, no, I don't. Uh, the Lakers are just another team as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they have no future. They have no direction. I don't have much else to say on the Lakers. Incredible. Um, we just took a little break, and during that break, Bryce read um, a report that the Lakers are preparing for a postseason run without LeBron. I don't know. What, what postseason so, run? What postseason run? Technically, well, technically, AB, I was I was uh, looking at the standings, and technically, the Pelicans have the tiebreaker over the Lakers uh, for the tenth seed right now. So the Lakers are still currently out of the playoffs. Well, so the Lakers were the thirteenth seed for like two straight months, and we don't talk about the thirteenth seed, the thirteenth seed in the East. So why do we give a shit about the thirteenth seed in the in the West? We're about to talk about the Lakers. Why are the Lakers on? No, we are 12. Good try. <laughs> and we actually have way more depth than the Lakers, and we have beaten the Lakers this year. So, Well, you have beaten the Lakers. Um, the Pacers, the first half of the year, I would say, right now the Lakers are a better team than the Pacers. Majority of the year, Pacers were better than the Lakers. But without LeBron, I would take Pacers every time. Um that being said, I don't think there's much more interesting ground we could cover for the Lakers. So let's talk about depressing end to a depressing season for LaMelo Ball. Um, the man who drives like it's GTA all the time. <laughs> um, he fractured his ankle. He is going to miss the rest of this season. I don't know. He'll probably miss some of next season, too, I have to imagine. I mean, Bryce. I know the the Hornets have been playing for Victor all year long, but this is really just depressing. Not getting another year from LaMelo after making the play in two years in a row. What is your whole read on this Charlotte situation? I don't, 
And just this seems again like a franchise without a direction. Like obviously LaMelo Ball is is the crux of this franchise at the moment, but you rehire a guy like uh, you rehire Steve Clifford for a second go around. Um, we're still sorting out the Miles Bridges things, which really isn't the that's not the Hornets fault. I don't blame Charlotte for that. Um, you know, what are you gonna do with Gordon Hayward, who was hurt a majority of the season and is you know getting older? Um, obviously, what's your plan here? You know, PJ Washington really hasn't panned out like they had hoped. Um, and yeah, it just puts an arrow through the season. Um, I, I'll be honest though, AB. LaMelo's got how many more years on his contract, his rookie deal? He's got – this is going to be – he's extension eligible this summer. So he's probably going to sign that giant max. Yeah, he probably will just for the money's sake. But does he really want to be in Charlotte? I don't think so. Just because – and eventually he'll request a trade. He'll sign for the money, request a trade probably next season, if you want to be completely honest. Because that – What's the point? What are we doing here? I mean, what's Charlotte going to do without LaMelo Ball the rest of the season, except challenge the Pistons and the Spurs uh, and the Rockets for number one pick? Right. And it's been so bad in Charlotte. I mean, legitimately, one of the bright spots this year has been um, Final Four standout Mark Williams in Charlotte (laughs) this year. Like, and I'm not even joking. Uh, Yeah. I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Mark Williams has been like good. Apologies for the dog. Um, but Mark Williams has literally been like one of the only bright spots in Charlotte this year, and it's been that bad for them. Yeah, Zach, do you have any thoughts on this whole Lamelo situation? I mean, it is sad, and this team, you know, one of the worst ownerships in the league. Michael Jordan. Yes, he's the GOAT, but he's one of the worst owners, perhaps, of all time. Uh, they don't have any direction, I like like Bryce said. Gordon Hayward, you want to talk about chasing the bag? Gordon Hayward did that with the Hornets here. P.J. Washington uh, has not panned out, as Bryce said. Really inconsistent. Uh, reminds me a lot of Miles, uh, his first few years. Just totally inconsistent. Never knew what you were going to get on both sides of the floor. Um, it's just, it, 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 but it is sad. He's one of the promising young players. I know Caleb Lynn doesn't want me to say that, but he is. He is one of the most promising young players. Uh, one of the best passers in the league. One of the most fun players to watch in the league. Uh, and Bryce showed me a video of kids uh, when they hear the name Mello, who do they think of? They said oh. Mello instead of Carmelo Anthony. Uh, made me feel old and also ashamed of the younger generation. But terrible. Uh, the Hornets are what they are. They're they're never gonna be. They're just never gonna be anything more than a fringe playoff team or a fringe play-in team. They just, especially as long as this ownership is there. And Mitch Kupchak is calling the shots. <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So I think he will sign the extension just because it feels like that's a mandate for all rookies just to sign the extension. But someday somebody won't, and I guess it could be him, but I don't see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it won't be LaMelo because that's a lot of money. <laughs> $200 million is a lot of money. Yeah, um, my faster cars to peel out in. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
you know, with the Charlotte market, I'm sure he doesn't have to spend a whole lot of money on the cars. I'm sure his rookie deal is treating him just fine. Oh, probably. Um, and news that Dylan and I already kind of talked about, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on. Um, obviously, we knew Nate had been fired when Dylan and I recorded the last pod. We kind of thought Quinn Snyder was going to be the new head coach. And then it was made official this weekend. And Quinn Snyder is now officially the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Zach, um, how are your, what are your thoughts on how this whole thing went down? It seems a little shady from Trey Young's side. <laughs> Maybe. I, how, how are you feeling? Well, it is very shady. Not Chris Finch to the Wolves shady, uh, where he was hired on the same day as the firing. But uh, uh, Nate McMillan, obviously a scapegoat. Uh, Trey Young quickly turning into one of the biggest divas in the league. Uh, is the top five diva, I would say, especially for a guy who can't play defense. That's saying that's saying a lot. Uh, this team, I'm worried they could be a one and done in the sense that they had one great season and they will not be able to replicate that success. You know, they made the conference finals a couple years ago, lost in the eventual champ, the Bucks, but they just haven't been able to replicate. That season. And who was a big part of that season? Naming Millen. Naming Millen, taking over Lloyd Pierce, led that team to the conference finals, which I don't think they had been there since uh, Bud was the coach. So it's just not a good look for Trey Young. Um, I'm not sure building your team around him is the right move. But on the on the other hand, I don't think they have a choice. And it's it was a questionable offseason for them, too because they gave up a lot of picks for DeJounte Murray, who I think is a good player, but I'm not sure he was worth the haul that they gave up. Uh, they have a lot of decisions to make this offseason too, uh, with some with some extensions and whatnot. Um, who knows if they're ever going to trade John Collins. They might as well at this point. Trade him to us, Bryce. Trade him absolutely, to us. Absolutely, absolutely. Trade him to us. Uh, we should have had him in the first place, but instead yeah. we drafted uh, TJ Leaf. We don't need to talk about that, but Quinn Snyder, I think immediately right becomes in retrospect. No, stop. Shut up. Shut uh, up. I, I think Quinn immediately becomes a top ten head coach. Um, not sure they'll be able to do much this season with him, but next season will be pretty telling. I think. Um, he just doesn't seem like a guy who will take a lot of, a lot of unnecessary shit, which Trey Young seems to be dishing out. This season. Well, Bryce, so here's here's my question, okay? So you look at Atlanta when they made that run two years ago. Let's just look at how much has changed since those two years. Philly got rid of Ben Simmons, and I know you're not the biggest James Harden fan, but even you would be inclined to agree this version of James Harden is significantly better than Ben Simmons. Yes. The Celtics got way better in that time. The Nets have fallen off, but... um. In their place, the Cavs have gotten way better. And mm. the Knicks have gotten... The Knicks are way better than that Hawks team. Or than the team the Hawks beat in 21. Yeah. I think that also the Heat are still there. Like, I, the Heat aren't as good as they were in 21 and 20. No, no. Or in 22. But they're still there. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is, Bryce, I think the Hawks... As, like, Quinn Snyder's a great coach. Trey Young's a great player. DeJounte Murray's a really good player. I think they could do all this stuff and it might not even matter because of how good the rest of the East is around them. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
you know, I, I don't, when they traded for DeJounte Murray, I immediately criticized, yeah, it's a big name. It's, a, it's somebody on the move, but I immediately criticized the decision because those two guards don't really mesh together because they're, they're very similar play styles. Not, not in the sense of the skill sets are the same, but they're different play styles. They're on ball guards. They have, they both have to have the ball in their hands to make something happen. DeJounte Murray is not a setup or a guard that you set up, right? He's setting up the play for you. And Trey Young is doing the exact same thing. Trey Young, I feel like is more of a two guard than DeJounte Murray is. Um, if that tells you anything, in my opinion, so immediately, I didn't think this was going to go well, and especially in a Nate McMillan offense. No, no, no disrespect to Nate McMillan, but that's just not his style uh, to put those two guys together. You know, John Collins should have been a big, would have been a big Nate McMillan guy um, in that offense, along with Clint Capella and and Okongwo. Um, is that is is that how you say it? Okongwu, yeah, close enough. You you were close. Yeah, enough. I was close. I was close. Who, who I really like, actually. I think he plays really hard. So I feel like this was destined to fail from the beginning. Honestly, I just don't think the the marriage of Murray and Young is just going to work out. And yeah, Trey Young has definitely had a hand in this. Obviously, he's expressed his displeasure through media outlets and other people and and so on and so forth. Um, but then tries to not talk about it when he's asked about it. Now, miss me on that behavior. You can absolutely miss me. Uh, the Hawks aren't a threat in the East. Um, just not I things I know, like the Sixers, not a threat in the East. They're the same as the Hawks, not a threat. Just how it is. Incredible. Always can find a a way to throw a shot at the Sixers at Daryl. Of course, you have to. Daryl, hey, how's it going over there? How's Tobias Harris working out for you? I only scored five points the other night. That's great. Congrats. Always managed to sneak that in. Bryce, this one's this little bit of news is for you. This isn't like guy getting injured. This is guy possibly coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Steph Curry could possibly ah. return on the Warriors three-game road trip coming up starting with the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday. I don't believe he'll be back for that game, but I'm guessing he'll be back very soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this could be very bad news for the league. The Warriors are current. I believe the Warriors are the fifth seed right now. Correct. Again, very cramped West. <laughs> so seeds don't really matter until I'd say April 10th or whenever the season ends. But mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a shit show <laughs> in the West going down the stretch. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Wow. So let's get into why we're gathered here today. Your guys' favorite team, the Indiana Pacers. Um, they are, let's see what's, I didn't have their record pulled up right in front of me, 28 and 35. Good for 12th in the Western, or Western Conference, Eastern Conference, like they said. I'm a, I'm a professional. Um, their last five games, going into the All-Star break, they lost to the Jazz, 123 to 117. Beat the Bulls, 117-113. The first game after the All-Star break, they lose a tense game to the Celtics, 142-138. to 138. Beat the Magic, 121-108. to 108, And then beat the Mavericks, 124-122. to 122. So, Zach, I suppose we should start big picture here. Coming into the season, what was your expectations for this Pacers team? Tank. Tank. I was all in on the tank. Uh, I 
I was honestly pissed off we didn't get Jay Nivey in the draft. <laughs> and I thought we had a subpar offseason. So and coming off of such a disappointing season last year when we only won 25 games, uh, I did. I really just thought, you know, tank. Tank, because all you heard about was Victor and Scoot. So just, just tank. Just tank it. Try and get one of those guys. And then started off the season like kind of frisky. And then we're actually in the playoff picture before Tyrese got hurt. Uh, and Benedict Matherin has just been a, a, a fucking revelation. Uh, probably the best Pacers rookie of all time. I, I mean, I can't think of a, a better one. Uh, I mean, Paul George wasn't this good as a rookie. Uh, you know, it just, he probably is. Miles Turner wasn't this good as a rookie. Probably is the best Pacers rookie of all time. Just a frisky team, a fun team. If Halliburton hadn't got hurt, man, we would be right there in the East in the in the playoff mix, possibly a top six seed. Um, and beating the Mavericks the other night was really impressive because that's a team that was in the Final Four last year. I know, granted, not the same team that it was last year, but having a top 10 coach helps us a lot. <laughs> One of the best offensive minds in the league. Uh, you can make a case one of the best offensive minds of all time as a coach. Uh, he's coached some greats, as we know, Dirk and, and Jason Kidd and 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 those guys. But I I really like this team. The future is only up. We have three first round picks. We're gonna have a top ten pick. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I've never been more. This is probably the funnest team. Since that first Oladipo team, Bryce, and yeah, it's you know we can do so many things. There's some holes. There's some pretty glaring holes, but those can be filled. Um, like I said, three first round picks. So there's definitely there's no rush. There's no rush. So Bryce, I gotta ask, what was you, what's been your experience watching watching this team so far? Watching them, they're just—it's so fun. I, and what makes it fun? It, it starts with Tyrese Halliburton, our our beloved point guard that we got in in that Sabonis trade last year. Um, I mean, he he told us at the beginning of the season, "I think I'm a 2010 guy." That's I mean, that's not easy to do, especially being as young as he is. Um, but he has delivered on that. And the way, the way, what he does with the ball, the no look passes, the quick passes, the the step back threes, um, his drives, and he gets everyone involved. And they feed off of his energy, and they have fun, and they do fun things on the court um, that other teams don't do. Um, that that they're a little more wound up. So I just like I just like watching good, just fun basketball. And this has been really refreshing for me because I haven't seen the Pacers play like that in a long while. Um, and it's, I'm confident that we're not just reliant on Oladipo, just charging you at the basket to get a bucket. We can score buckets in different ways. And that's what makes it so much more fun is it's scoring all over the court. So for me, it's been pleasant as a fan of just basketball and just not because they're my favorite team. I don't know why you wouldn't watch them. Honestly. I mean, they're one of the most fun teams to watch on offense in the league. I think. I agree 1000%. And you know, guys, I'm not really a fan of any one team. I pick out like my favorite teams to watch through the course of the year. Halliburton, 
you guys know this. I when the trade happened last year, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you guys stole Halliburton. Now we see what's happening in Sacramento. I would not say that's the case now. I would say the trade's been pretty even for Probably both sides. Most even trades we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I would agree. It really with that. has been. But I think Halliburton's un- Halliburton and Heald have unlocked something that this Pacers team hasn't had. Now I think a lot of the past coaches have done this to them. This team never gun threes, but this year's team, they're shooting 38 threes a game. That is sixth in the NBA. <laughs> it's good, though. They, they're making 36% of those threes. That is 11th in the NBA. Um, now, the two-point percentage, let's not, talk about, let's not talk about that, okay? Let's not talk about how they're doing inside the arc. But Buddy Heald yeah, please shooting no. 42% from three on almost nine attempts a game. That's actually insane. He was a sniper in Sacramento, and this is better than what he was doing in Sacramento. Okay. Halliburton shooting 39.8% on seven attempts a game. And those aren't like, oh, haha, I'm going to shoot a few catch and shoot attempts a game. No, no those are, backs. I'm going to pull up. Yeah, yeah pull step, back, step backs. Yeah. Like, those are hard attempts. So, ugliest looking shot, though, on those step backs. It's so slow. I'm like, how do you even get that off? Slow. How do you even get that off? There's no way you get that off. Well, where there's a will, there's a way, Bryce. I guess he I'll tell you what. He is a unique player there. I don't think there's a lot of like unique players anymore, but. There's not a lot of like pure point guards and pure point guards don't usually average 20 and 10. Mm -hmm. But in this NBA where the stats are a little inflated, I think the 10 is for real. I think he'd average 10 assists in any era, like slow or fast paced. Okay, maybe the t- maybe in a, a slower paced era, he's averaging like 16, he 17. still win the assist title this year. I mean, he's, he's only I think like Harden's beating him out less than a less than a whole assist off of leading the league. Let's see. Harden is at Harden is Harden is winning right now. Harden's at 10.6 a game and Harden's played fewer games. So I think he has that edge, you know, because you play fewer games. So you don't have to average as many you don't have to have as many assists but it would be cool if Halliburton led the league in assists I think my favorite thing about Halliburton is just the pace he plays at like Mm -hmm. he's gonna get you whatever shot he wants to if he wants to get Miles a shot he's gonna get Miles a shot if he wants to get Neesmith a shot he's gonna get Neesmith a shot if he wants to get Jalen Smith a shot he's gonna get Jalen Smith a shot if he wants his shot he's gonna get his shot and I think that's an, a lost point guard art. Like I think the last guy who was a master of that was Mike Conley in Memphis. And Mike Conley's old now. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> he's. I would agree with that. Get the tight um, pods. Hot. <laughs> and now we're seeing that in Tyrese Halliburton, and I'm sure you guys like. I know you guys said it's an even trade, but I'm sure you guys are just loving your end of it, and like the space it's giving Tyrese to just roam the floor and have the space to be the floor general. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think it shows a lot of confidence and trust from, from Rick Carlisle, <clears throat> you know, an older coach, older coach in the league, seeing a lot of players, obviously coach Luca um, for, for a couple of years, but the amount of confidence that he has in Halliburton to just say, just make it happen, dude. And he just makes it happen. I think is incredible too. 
I think that's, that's what's also cool about it because I feel like, you know, previous coaches, you know, like Nate McMillan kind of reined in some of our, our playmakers a little bit Um, with this. I just feel like anything can kind of go whatever Tyrese sees, go for it. There's a reason Darren Collison was a great Nate McMillan point guard. Oh yeah. Zach. I mean, Zach, I know you love Halliburton. What's been, I mean, do you have anything to add to the, Tyrese Halliburton gush fest that me and Bryce have been doing so far. I mean, he's probably, I mean, I think you could say it already. He's the best passer in Pacers history. I can't think of a better passer. Mama. Uh, Mark Jackson. I mean, Mark Jackson is pretty high on the all time assist list, but like he wasn't making, I don't think he's making the passes or had the, like the, the vision that, Halliburton does. I mean, he's hand down. This guy insult down. That's right. This guy, this guy makes passes that. I mean, he he improves the viewing as a fan. He just like Bryce said, he just makes it more fun. He finds these passing lanes. He at least tries on defense. Like yeah. that's the thing with this team. We're not very good on defense, but Matherin and Halliburton, they at least they've. Like Halliburton fucking tries hard, and so does Ma- so does Matherin. Matherin gives it his all on both sides of the floor. This is going to be a duo that I just cannot wait. I cannot wait to see how this buds from what it is now. These guys are so young. Halliburton, you know, we were talking about Lamelo, same class as Lamelo. You know, the twenty twenty class, twenty twenty draft, uh, and a guy like Rick Carlisle. Trusting him the way he does. He's coached point guards like, you know, like Luca, like Jason Kidd, like Chauncey Billups, like great, great point guards. And he's just giving him the reins, like, go, run. And guess who he didn't trust to do that? Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon, who we traded. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Who we traded for Aaron Neesmith, who, quite frankly, has balled out this year. Yeah. Has balled out this year. Another guy who tries really hard on defense, high energy guy. A lot of motivation, you know, getting traded from the Eastern Conference champion. So just, and you really see the effect. I know I kind of said it earlier, but you really kind of see the effect of the coaching on this team. Like having a great coach in this league, like you cannot overstate the importance of that. And a championship coach like Rick Carlisle, like when this team is ready to win at a high level, which could be hopefully in a couple of years, they're not, that's not going to be a problem for them. Coaching is not going to be a problem for them in big games, which has been a problem for us. You know, it was a problem with us with McMillan and obviously uh, he, who we don't talk about Nate Bjorkren. Uh, so I'm, how many big games did he coach in though? Uh, two, one, two. Yeah. Two. Screw him. Then he went back to daddy nurse, but uh. This team, I think when this team is, if they, if we really nail this draft pick this year, the top 10 pick, make some moves in the offseason. Uh, and I mean, we could be fighting for top five or four seed in the East for a long time. Well, Zach, you brought up the defense, and there's one play from the Mavericks game that I kind of want to highlight. Almost there was it, Kyrie caught the ball. At the elbow, right? And Halliburton was beat. But what Halliburton did, he went from behind 
and he blocked it from behind. And it was such a high IQ play. And he's, I can't stress this enough. Halliburton is not good on defense. Okay. He's just not, but no, he's he not. averages one point. He averages 1.7 steals a game. He makes a lot of high IQ defensive plays. And I think that's all you can really ask for. He's trying to make up for it. Um, is he making up for it a hundred percent of the time? No, he needs to get it up to like 75% of the time. I think Matherin, you know, he's a rookie. That guy has, we'll, we'll talk about his offense because his offense is insane. If Matherin's defense can catch up to like his body, <laughs> holy smokes, he could be Great a lockdown. NBA. He has an ideal NBA body. He really does. Right. Mm-hmm. And ideal, like a NBA linebacker. ideal NBA athleticism too. And yep. I mean, Bryce, you watch more college basketball than both of us do. Did you mm-hmm. see this? Like just in general, did you see this coming from Matherin? No, not like that. I was skeptical. Um, what he did, did in I college, mean? though, I, I did watch him in, in the NCAA tournament, and I did notice his finishing around the rim, which is translated to the NBA. There are not a lot of guys that can finish that, that are top finishers at the rim. Obviously, you think of LeBron. In, in my opinion, I think Kyrie Irving is the best finisher in the league. That is, that is I, I feel like that's not an unpopular opinion, but that is my opinion that he's top, top notch in the NBA. But I mean, Matherin is, I'll be honest, I feel like he's kind of challenging that because some of the shots that he makes around the rim are just absolutely insane. And the other thing is, is he gets to the free throw line as well, which if you're getting to the free throw line as a rookie, that's going to serve you well when you, when you finally figure out this league and, and you, and you build up your body more, um, you get more recognition, you get a little more call, you get a few more calls. I don't feel like we had, we've ever had a guy on the Pacers recently where he just get, he gets to the foul line a lot. Maybe, maybe Oladipo did, but I don't remember him getting to the, to the, to the stripe a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. But, I mean, Mather maybe that, gets fir- maybe that first year, but not, not this much. That. I think yeah. he got to the line maybe like five times. That is that is incredibly valuable, especially when it comes down the stretch of these big games. You know, you get those a, a couple of national you know, games. Maybe you're playing the Celtics, close game, fourth quarter. That's incredibly valuable. And, and as he grows and as he he takes a starting spot, which he will take it a starting spot very soon, maybe next year. Um that's going to pay oh, yeah. off dividends, It'll be next man. Year. That's going to pay off dividends. So, and, and even he shoots a three pretty well, too. I think he can improve a little bit. But, I mean, he can knock down some shots. Uh, I mean, he's got it. He's just got it. And it's going to be exciting to see what he does in year two. I, th- I still think there's a path for rookie of the year and six man of the year. But time is fleeting very quickly. To, to close that deal. So I hope he gets at least one. I think that'd be really cool. I don't know that it happens though. Well, so Matherin in total free throw attempts, currently 14th in the NBA. Wow. Top 15. Yes. <laughs> like I didn't know it was that much. Oh, yeah. Jeez. He's getting yeah. fouled a ton. Now he's played all 63. No one else. The only other guy that's played, all the games in the top however many is Julius Randle. Um that being said, wow. Well, Jimmy's a foul merchant because Jimmy's been 
as much as I love Jimmy. Jimmy's been fouled 388 times in 48 games. Matherin's been fouled 300, or he's been to the line 371 times in 63 games. Oh my goodness. <laughs> to give you an idea. Jimmy gets fouled but, like hell. Yeah. I think I saw a stat where it was like Jimmy's at 13.8 field goal attempts per game, eight free throws. Um, that ratio is actually insanity. But Jeez. Matherin just plays with a physicality that yeah, Oladipo didn't play with. Like Oladipo mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. he was slippery. Yeah. Matherin, I I kind of feel like Jimmy Butler is a good comparison for him. Like smaller Jimmy Butler because that's just the way he's built first of all. Just without the playmaking as of right Exactly. Now. Uh-huh. And the and, but I, from the I you take away the playmaking I'm talking strictly on offense. Take away the playmaking and give him a three-point shot. And I know the jumper is not like going in 100% of the time, but you can tell it's there. Like, I don't have a doubt in my mind. Next year, it's going to fall. Oh, 100%. And he's taking pull-up jumpers. You give him more catch-and-shoot diet, he's going to start making like 35, 36% of his threes. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got insane potential to me i i feel like here's my question i know you guys were not happy (laughs) i'll start with zach on this one i know you guys weren't happy about the whole ivy thing right i was disappointed let's just let's just say matherin doesn't let's just say this is matherin's peak he puts up the same exact stats every year for the next seven years okay are you still happy with the matherin selection let's just say ivy you know Let's take out Ivy out of this equation. Are you still happy with this Matherin selection, even if he does this for the next seven years? Exactly. Doesn't improve. Start with Zach. That's a tough. <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, I mean, this is coming out of the gate really strong. It, it really is really strong. And I'm not saying he can't improve. I'm I just saying the no. bar is really high. <laughs> I would say I wouldn't still be pleased with it because he's doing all this as a bench player. I want to see what he can do in the starting five. Fair you enough. Know, I think let's I think say he his defense, I think the just from the body he has, I mean, and the ferocity he plays with. I mean on the offensive end, he goes to the rim fucking hard. Like he is knocking guys down. No wonder he's in the line so much. And he's yeah. getting contact. Uh and he just he's a durable guy. Like you said, he's played every game. He's played every game. And that, for me, I mean, that's a big part of my hate for A. Disney is that he's not durable. I just I want somebody that's going to be out there, and I know what I'm going to get every night. I know what I'm going to get from Matherin, and I feel like if he joins the starting five next year, which I feel like is inevitable, I feel like him coming up the bench is part of the, the half-tank job this year. But to answer your question, no. I, I wouldn't be okay with the... I wouldn't be okay with him staying the same for the next few years. I I, I just feel like Bryce, the reason I asked that is that he's really good right now. Mm. And getting that guy at six, <laughs> getting a guy who, if he gives you this, even while he's starting, mm-hmm. and let's just say the defense does improve because I, I think defense is one area where when the IQ comes along, his body oh, yeah. will catch up to his. So let's just say the defense does get better. Mm-hmm. getting this guy at six is a damn good value. And oh, I think yeah. that's more where, where I'm coming from. 
so like if he doesn't get like too much better on offense like you know I think he has like a pretty good package right now and I'm not saying he's not like there's not room to get better because there is Mm -hmm. but I I just feel like Bryce there's this guy is really good already and I don't I, this is what I'm saying making sense. Basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no, I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I, anytime you can find a solid guy in the draft that that can that can come in and automatically play um, and potentially even start um, and, and play well, get to the free throw line, make some shots, um, that's always a plus, right? I mean, I do want the playmaking to get better. And we've seen it kind of progress as the year has gone on. You start to see, you start to see uh rebounds show up in the stat line, see a couple assists. So I think it's starting to come. And I think that's part of Rick Carlisle's building process for this kid. I think he knows what he has. And he's just, all right, let's focus on this. All right, now let's add this to to what you're doing. All right, now let's add a little bit more to what you're doing. Here's what you're saying. Obviously, he's been putting in the work, um, and it shows. And I think by the end of the season, I think it's it's just going to be another tool in the tool shed um, and some great momentum going into next season. But Ivy's been playing well, but no one's really talked about Jaden Ivy this year. Not at all. and I, I think fact, it's not at all. Not at all. No, and he made a fool of himself last night calling that timeout that he didn't have. He pulled so. a. I I was watching the game and I texted Caleb. I'm like, Jade Ivy just pulled a Chris Weber. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I was he did. Like, oh no. So. Oh yeah. That's what I said to Bryce uh, today. He's like, oh, Chris Weber. Yeah, yeah. Automatically, that's what you think of. It's tough. I mean, and it happened in the state of Michigan too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bryce, you don't hate to see it, but everyone else. Oh no, 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 no. Everyone else hates to see it. Um, <laughs> the young guards inspire a lot of confidence, but I, I feel like this team has a few too many young guards, and we should talk about some of them. <laughs> like, what do you do with Andrew Nemhard? This guy has been like actual revelation. I don't think anyone thought he was going to be this good coming out of the draft. Hell no. No. Second round I'll, pick, I'll start no. with Zach again. In in your ideal world, Zach, is this another like Devin Harris kind of guy where, you know, he sticks around for Carlisle for however many years, like is his ideal backup? Or do you want to use this guy, try to get someone better like next year? Like how, how would you handle it if you're the Pacers front office? I mean, hell, I would just see what happens next year. I, I mean, I'm not looking to move this guy. No, he could possibly make an all-rookie team. Possibly. I'm not looking to move him. Uh, he is a great playmaker off the bench. He's a great shooter from the outside, especially. And he's a guy I trust to have on the floor in the fourth quarter in crunch time. I, I don't think he's going to make a mistake that's going to cost me the game, which is saying a lot about anyone, let alone a rookie. I mean, going to Gonzaga, I feel like guys coming out of there are a little more mature. Um, they are a little more polished. I know they aren't, you know, they polished in terms of fundamentals. Um, and this, he is, he's just really smart. And you need, your bench needs to be smart, especially if they're running the point. So if we end up moving McConnell this offseason, which, Please. for fuck's sake, I hope we do. Please. Uh, 
having Nemhard run that second unit would be awesome, especially if Matherin moves to the first unit. So before we talk, I feel like we need to do a whole segment dedicated to chopping guys on the team you guys don't want. We should talk about, <laughs> we should talk about Miles. Uh, we should talk, no. I, don't, I actually want Miles. Well, I, I, I must have, I figured you guys didn't want to keep him or didn't want to chop him. No, because at this point, I don't think we have a choice. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we don't around. really. Yeah, I was gonna say we don't really have a choice. Nobody seems to want him, and the Lakers thought they could get him for a, a washing machine, and they didn't. Hey, they got, they got Jared Vanderbilt for that washing machine. He's, you know, he, they got, and they got Malik Beasley too. They did. Um, they did. N- neither they did. of those guys are as good as Miles Turner, but hey, you know, I, I feel like ironically enough, this is probably Miles' best season. It probably I was, honestly is. I think it definitely is. I, I feel like playing the five has unlocked him. 18 points a game, eight rebounds, um, 2.3 blocks, shooting 55% from the field, 40% from three, um, 63% from two, getting to the foul line four and a half times a game. I mean, Bryce, it just feels like, for me, when I watch the Pacers, Halliburton, obviously, first thing that stands out, Matherin, second thing that stands out. But I, it feels like a different Miles watching him because it feels like when you used to watch the Pacers, you know, the book was DeMontis is going to have the ball inside the arc, right? And then Miles is just going to be a floor spacer. But it feels like this rendition of Miles Turner is, okay, I get to have the ball inside the arc. I get to be a roller finally. And it feels like he gets to do actual center stuff. And I feel like he's relishing that opportunity and enjoying it. Yeah, I mean... It, it... I think, uh, yeah, I mean, when you have a, a true point guard like like Halliburton who can actually run a, a decent pick and roll with you and get you opportunities um, where the big guy actually has to move towards the point guard, yeah, I think that's a plus for for Miles Turner. Would I like to see him shoot a few few fewer threes? Yeah, I would. Not going to oh, lie to yeah. you. But, I mean, that's just what he – kind of trying to evolve into and that's what the center position is evolving into and I understand that um I wish he was a bit stronger at the rim uh but you know he's not playing too bad he's not playing too bad obviously we've seen him pop off uh for some points a couple times this season which I think is great I think it's good for his confidence um I think it's obviously good for the fans so we're not chasing him out of the stadium after every freaking game when he drops two rebounds uh you know and five points you know as you know he sometimes does but yeah I mean I I think Halliburton is the best thing for his game I think a true point guard is the best thing and at trading him if you trade him right where you let's talk about some of the teams that he was rumored to go to Charlotte Lamelo Ball, good point guard. I think that probably works, right? If we send him to uh, to Phoenix, he's playing with Chris Paul, Devin Booker. That's not bad. That's not terrible. Um, but I mean, I think Indiana is probably the best place for him to be right now. Um, and obviously, we had the money to do so. I don't mind the contract because we have so much money to play around with. I think because we're we're taking on. Um, some low end deals right now. I got a lot of rookie deals going. Obviously, we're playing. We're paying Buddy Heald, um, which who knows what we'll do with that. And now we're paying Miles. So I, I'm really not. A, I'm not really not mad about it. I like it. I like it. I like him. So yeah, we'll I looked at my now. favorite analytics website, Cleaning the Glass. Ah um, uh, yes. So ah yes, seventy two percent at the rim this year for Miles. Um, career high of his percentage of his shots at the rim shooting 55% 
from three to ten feet. Or I guess technically four to fourteen feet. What they define short mid range as. Um I just like a miles that's being more aggressive inside, you know, however many feet. And this year it feels like he's getting the chance to do that. Yes, obviously, maybe not four threes a game, but if he's shooting three threes a game at how many he's making, he's making 50% of his threes. And I think that Zach, I, I just think this guy, he's maybe not the best center in the league, but in a league full of like flawed centers, I think this guy, if you ha- were building a contender, this guy might be the one I want to build around. I maybe it's too soon to be thinking about that, but I think the Pacers have players where I would maybe start wanting to think about that. Yeah, I mean, the thing about our center position is we have some flexibility, you know, with Miles Turner. Like I said, ironically enough, having his best season. I'm with Bryce. Please quit shooting threes. If he quit shooting threes altogether tomorrow, I'd be fine with it. Uh, please get down there and rebound, please, because we can't rebound for for shit. But Jalen Smith is another guy who can play the center. He's more of a four. But especially getting rid of Goga recently, which... Oh, here we go. I knew that was coming. Praise God. Oh, Praise my God. He's gone. Bust, 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 oh, bust. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and Isaiah Jackson, who can kind of play both, but he's more of a four and really fucking athletic, like re- really athletic and a fun guy, a fun guy to, to play with. I'm I a bet. fun guy. Fun guy. <laughs> but no, I agree with you, Alex, if, especially in a league where the center position is dominated by like two guys. And then the rest of them is just kind of like a free-for-all. Miles is a guy I would want. I can't believe I'm saying it. I I wouldn't have ever said this like two or three years ago, but he's a guy I would want if I'm looking to make a playoff push. Like he can block shots. He can stretch the floor. And you need a guy like that. I mean, that's what broke the jazz those last couple of years with Gobert is that centers that could stretch the floor and make Gobert move out of the paint. Like it basically fucked that team, and Miles is a guy that can do that. So, I, like I said, can't believe I'm saying it, but yes. Wow. And wow, wow, I wow. hope we, I hope we keep him at this point. Like it doesn't seem like anybody wants him. Everybody acts like they want him, but then they don't. They don't pull the trigger. I don't know whose fault that is, us or them, but might as well keep him at this point. It's been. Let me think here. I was a senior in high school. Miles' rookie season, and here we are, however many years later, seven or eight. So I think eight. I think this is year. I think eight this is year Miles. eight for Miles. Yeah. So at this point, fuck it, keep him. <laughs> well, that's a that's that last sentence kind of cancels out the encouraging part you had before. Um, <laughs> in the interest of time, because there's still a lot I want to get to, let's play a quick game of keep or cut. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna keep you guys a name. Yeah, I'm sorry, me? Alex. We are going to emphasize cut. The word cut. We do this, uh, so we are going to emphasize it. So, okay. So, are we keeping or cutting, buddy? Healed. Zach. Keep. keep. Bryce. Keep. So you guys think the spacing is really valuable 
I'm, I'm assuming you want to keep him, but push him to the bench. Is, is that the case, Bryce? I do, but it's hard to like, and I think as soon as you do that, buddy probably asks out. He did not like coming off the bench in Sacramento. No, he did <laughs> Which not. Which would be fair. I wouldn't blame him. For yeah, I, I, would I would either. Not I, I think we should get a haul for him. I'm not cutting I would, him. I would rather trade. I would thank okay. him for his service. When I, when I, I would say thank cut, him for his I mean, service. you want to get rid of him. Okay, like, you know, okay. Well, then uh, I'm going to go with uh, cuts. You're st- so, Zach, you're going to keep him? Keeping him, yeah. Cuts. Not. I love him, though. That's terrible. Okay. I'll never forget. TJ McConnell was a resounding cut. I don't have to ask that one. Um, cut. Jordan Wara. I, it's only been five games. I'm assuming. Uh, keep. I, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping him. He's keep. looked good. I like him. I've liked I like the Jordan. Him. I like him in the Pacers uniform. This one might be a little controversial. Chris Duarte. Zach. Keep Bryce. Hot. I think I'm. I think I'm on Bryce's side on this one. I think I just like he's a guy. guy. Yeah. I, I think feel like if he hadn't gotten hurt the last couple of years, he'd be resounding keep. But here's the thing, Zach. With Matherin, isn't he kind of redundant? Yes. Like, I think that if I was the Pacers. Bring him off the bench. I'm not saying you you I'm not saying you could get like a good wing for him, but you will get a wing. <laughs> the Pacers don't have any wings. The Pacers' wings right now is James Johnson. And James Johnson was washed five years ago. Yeah, he was. So okay. he's on the team to he's on the team to pick fights. We know this. Exactly. Are we keeping Jalen Smith? Keeping or cutting? Bryce. Keep. You just you just um, made Caleb Lynn's day. I uh, yeah. I, I it's tough, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna go with the keep there. Zach, I'm keeping him. Guy gets rebounds. Guy crashes the boards. We keep love a, we love a board. You can crasher. never have enough guys like that. You can never yeah. have enough guys like that. Keep we him. love a board crusher. I know I said there's no wings on this team, but there is one. O'Shea Brissett. Bryce, keep her cut. Cut. It's pretty resounding. Zach, keep her cut. This, this one looks pretty hard on you. <laughs> she needs me to say it. He hasn't gotten a fair shake this year with the playing time, but... <laughs> I'm assuming Daniel Tice, pretty resounding cut. We don't, we don't need to cut. 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 Yes, cut. Although I've always liked his game. I've always liked his game, sure, but he sure, just doesn't have fine. a spot. That's fine. He's, there's no room for him on this team. I don't know why he's playing. <laughs> I build up the trade value, baby. It's the half. <laughs> it's the half. Yeah, it's build up trade value. And it's half tank, half compete. That's what the Pacers are doing this year. That's right. I'd rather play. I'd rather play Isaiah Jackson. By the way, Isaiah Jackson, Bryce Keeper cut. Oh, keep, keep. Yeah, 100%. Keep. But. Are you? Thank you, Lakers. <laughs> are you looking to upgrade that spot in the offseason, or are we trying to build next year and trying to develop him for another year and saying, "Hey, Isaiah, get 
a little better this year. He's really bouncy. He just needs yeah, to put on some I, weights. I like him. I, no, I think you develop him. I I think he has a lot to offer. Um, I think this season's just been a little weird. I I think I still think there's something there. I can see it. Um, it just needs a little more time. So that keeper cut segment was riveting. However, I was promised a list of players Bryce wanted to add from around the league. Oh, yeah. So, Bryce, I'm giving you the keys to the car here. Oh, boy. And Zach and I, I, Zach, I'm sure you've heard this list already. Um, I I know. I know what one of the guys says. Oh, okay. So we're going in completely blind then almost. Bryce. Yeah. How many guys do we have on this list? Uh, Is it a lot of guys? Just Just three. three? Okay. Just three. Yep. Three guys. I lobbied this. They were gettable during the trade deadline, in my opinion. Okay. Um, Despite reports, I feel like these players were gettable. Uh, My number one, I think Zach, I think this is the one that Zach is, uh, is the one that he remembers. But this player has a player option this year or this offseason. Um, his player option is $13 million. I feel like he can get more. And I feel like we should be the team to give it to him. Don't tell me who <laughs> you're, th- don't tell me you're thinking of who I think you're thinking of. Well, who? You're thinking of Kyle Kuzma. Heck yeah, I'm thinking of Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I am thinking Kyle fit. Kuzma. I, I, think it, I think it'd be a good fit. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I think Basketball I, wise, exceptional fit. I think he would play great under Carlisle. I think I agree. I agree. I think the problem is the off the court stuff. I think that's the only problem. Fine, but I I think you could buy anything for twenty five million though. That's sure, sure. Listen, I I like him. I I think he bring. I think his defense got better. Obviously, he can he can score. And I think if if you take Buddy Heald out, if Matherin is still struggling as a young guy, you can rely on a guy like Kuzma to get you a bucket as well. And I think him and Halliburton play great. So I I I like that. Okay. All right. My number my number two. OG and Anubi just offload him already. We have the we have the draft capital that they want. I yep. will give you, it to you. Well, it's okay. Do you want me to hear? So I was texting Dylan Hughes. Okay, I don't like to text my Power Hour guests the week of the Power Hour. I have a weird thing about. It. I'd love okay. to text people who aren't on the Power Hour about <laughs> Power okay, Hour. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I was texting Dylan. Okay, and we were coming up with fake OG trades. Mm-hmm. I think you could call the Raptors bluff. The Raptors need a guard. I know you guys are opposed to trading Nemhard. But what if it's trading, I would. I would what absolutely. if you traded Nemhard and one first? A unprotected down, 2024 I'm, first. I'll do it. I would absolutely do it. Zach? I would do it. Yeah. I, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't even think to. about it. I wouldn't even think about it. Call the Raptors bluff. The Raptors aren't going to have any guards after next year. Exactly. Fred Lee and Gary Trent are both unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Yeah. No, Gary I, I, a guy I would take on the Pacers. <laughs> We don't need Love him. that guy. We don't need him. Don't care. Love him. <laughs> Pacers are just going to become guy. the guard. Like, throw all your guards to the Pacers. If you threw, if here, here's a fun thing. If you made the Pacers and the Magic one team, you'd have like an actual basketball team. Yeah. Like, you'd have the team full of forwards and the team full of guards all on one team. And you'd have like an actual basketball team. It's crazy. Bryce, who is your third guy? My last one, uh, this guy is a restricted free agent um, this okay. this coming uh, offseason. Um, 
This team could possibly toss the bag, although I feel like they might be a little strapped already. So I think there might be a slight chance potentially to get him. Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, I think, would be great. I, oh, yeah. I, um, I, I'm looking at it right now. So Dame is, is set to make $45 million next year. Anthony Simons, uh, his extension kicks in. Um, he's yeah. going to make twenty four. Yusuf Nurkic is going to make sixteen. Uh Worst contract in the NBA. Is, is making oh, come on. Nurkic. No, no, that belongs to Duncan Robinson. You know it. Yeah, it um, so it depends on what they're going to do with Jeremy Grant. Um, Matisse Thibel is also going to be a restricted guy. I don't know what they're going to do there. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, maybe they won't be able to afford Cam Reddish. I don't know. We'll find out. But I think it, I think it's gettable to toss at least an offer at him. You know, maybe do something like we did with DeAndre Ayton. Just throw our name in the hat and force the, the other team to make the move. I don't hate it. The problem is with Cam Reddish is that he's one of those guys that's a lot better in theory than he is in practice. Yeah, like but, but he wasn't really getting a chance to play until now, and and he's not been playing badly. I I would definitely take a chance on him. The problem is, I think, if Carlisle had any hair, if Cam Reddish was playing for him, I think there would be times where Carlisle would want to rip his hypothetical oh, hair out. Sure, sure. Like, I, I get that. But, I mean, but he's also a young guy. And, and I, I feel like he'll be able to, he would be able to make mistakes on that team because he's got such a good support system around him. You know, that, that, that's my only thing. I like I, him though. I like the logic. I like the logic. I just think, you know, me personally, again, Carlisle had hair. Um, He'd want to rip it out. And then Bryce, I, I have some questions for you. Oh, sure. So let's just say hypothetically, the Pacers, you know, this is the lottery of all lotteries. Everyone wants to land in the top two. However, mm-hmm. the Pacers have had the unfortunate luck of getting the third pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you are Chad Buchanan and Kevin Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Who are you selecting, Bryce? At number three. With the third pick. Third yes. Pick. You, have, you have the whole board, mm-hmm. a college draft full of wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you selecting G.D. Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> uh, pro- probably not. Probably not. Um, I mean, I think the play there is Brandon Miller, but I don't know that I think Indy, I think the Pacers are very similar to the Colts where they're looking for character guys. And I don't know that that is the right play there for them. So that, so then you, you kind of have to think of, of other guys that, that could potentially go there. Like, uh, Jerace Walker from, from Houston, power forward, six foot eight, two forty. A little bit bigger. I don't know that he really fits what the Pacers are trying to do. Um, I, I I really don't love anyone else. I'm not. I'm not even going to lie to you, AB. I, I like there. There's some names, but the, the names that that are out there, we don't really need for those positions. I mean, I might look at one of the Thompson twins. Um, I know they're they're point guard and shooting guard respectively, but they're six foot seven. I mean, surely they could play, uh, you know, a two or a three at, at that height. You know, they're they're really right. lanky and long, though. Um, definitely need to put on some weight for the NBA. So I feel like those two guys are going to be project guys, or they just need to stay at their point guard, shooting guard positions um, far and away. I mean, it's just not even close. So I don't know. Maybe like a Chris Murray could be interesting. Um 
I, that's that's late first round though, which I believe the the uh, the Pacers have later picks that they could get him there. I don't know. I don't know. Two later I, picks. If Brandon Miller didn't bring that gun, man, this would be a slam dunk number three pick, no questions asked. It just, I just have a problem with it. That is my big problem. I understand, Zach. I know you don't know as much about the prospects as Bryce does. If you're the Buchanan Pritchard Brain Trust, okay, I give you the keys to the draft. What are you looking for out of a Pacers prospect at that third pick? Assuming, obviously, yes, Wembenyama. You want Wembenyama. <laughs> we don't have oh, to yeah. say that. Right now, the Pacers no have the six best odds. I don't think the Pacers want Scoot Henderson, but let's just say hypothetically we get the third pick. Okay. If you're the Pacers, what kind of like build do you want at that third pick? I want like a six, six, six to six, eight guy who can play both sides of the ball and who's a good passer. I feel like in this offense with Halliburton, you need. Guys that at at least four of the five positions that can pass, um, especially when the shooting from the outside is not great outside of healed. So you want that, especially in a Carlisle offense. Uh, Brandon Miller, like I said, I, I mean, I would take him, except for the you know the the, the issue with with the firearm. That's a little bit of an issue, but. That's what I'm looking for. A tall wing. I'm trying to think of who compared to like a like a Mikael Bridges type. A guy like that who tall can play both sides. A little bit more than a three and D, but with some room to grow. I want a guy like that. Fair enough. Um, this is pretty comprehensive on the Pacers. I I think one of the most fun teams in the NBA. Um, I, I think my last question, gentlemen, though, because I don't think we'll talk on separate podcasts, but I don't think we'll all talk to each other before then. I don't think we'll all talk on a sports podcast. Yeah. Gentlemen, who should the Colts select? <laughs> as their oh, starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, easy. this is, yeah, this is very easy for both of us. We're in agreement on this one, actually. Who's, who's the pick? Who's the pick? Stroud. Oh, CJ Stroud. Stroud. It's definitely I, Stroud. We all agree. However, uh, yeah. I am not. If we one trade month, back, gentlemen, one month. If we trade, yes, I believe it is what April twenty seventh, probably somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. Let's That's see here. It is. Uh, yep, April twenty seventh. Is there a chance Stroud falls to four? Like, I don't. It seems like it's trending that way. Like, it seems like Bryce Young is becoming like people the love obvious. Levis, man. I mean, it's what's going to happen, and it happens every year. Somebody, somebody makes a run up the board, um, and it could be Richardson. Richardson this year. It could be Levis. It could be you know Bryce Young. Bryce Young is the definitive, but we haven't even gotten through pro days yet. You know, so let's wait till after pro days. Combine is going to be telling, but pro days are going to be telling as well, um, and we'll see. I mean, it only takes one schmuck to take the, the wrong guy and trade Double up and give up the, the farm top for it. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, Ballard kind of teased it, just teasing some things at the Combine. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. It's going to get wild. I just hope that, like, I know, Bryce, I know you're not, like, the hugest Anthony Richardson fan. Mm-hmm. 
I hope the right team takes him. Like somewhere yeah, where, sure. he's, where he's allowed to make successful. mistakes. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I'm like talk, Josh I'm Allen. Totally I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate Anthony Richardson. I'd be fine. I just think for, I think in the top, honestly, I feel like in the top five, it's just too high. That's just me though. I don't hate him. If, I don't hate him. Like, let's just say for us, right? Mm-hmm. If we traded back and took Anthony Richardson, I would be fine with that. But sure. I don't want to take, I don't want to take him at four. I think that would be my. Yeah, that's my I thing. wouldn't. I wouldn't mind building around him, right? Like building an yeah. offense around him. I think his, I think he's got really good physical tools, mm-hmm. but man, <laughs> some of those games against some of the teams in the sec last year were bad. Yeah. They're, they're tough, man. They're it's tough. not like, it's not like, you know, Josh Allen where it's like, haha, you know, it's, I, I guess it's better than Josh Allen. Cause you know, Josh Allen was playing at Wyoming, but man, <laughs> <laughs> Man, Wyoming Cowboys. I'm right. I don't even know what conference Wyoming is in. Is it Big the, Sky? Big Sky, maybe. Big. I think it is the Big Sky. Maybe. I, I guess I'd rather have someone struggling in the SEC and having moderate success than the Big Sky. Yeah, I, probably. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is an interesting debate. I hope the Colts end up with someone good, and I think we all agree. Derek Carr. We don't want him. No. no. You got lost no. in the sky tubes. Goodbye. How do you get lost in the sky tubes? I don't know. There, there's got to be signs. Authority. I don't we think that was good authority. You got yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know things that you don't. Sponsor yeah. us. Bill Simmons, where you at? Sponsor us. That's right. <laughs> we know people get lost in the sky tubes at the combine. That's right. Did um, you know that, Bill Simmons? Yeah, we have content Bill Simmons doesn't. How about that? That's right. Rappaport? Rappaport? Did yeah. you have any idea? No, he didn't. Folks, um, go check out the other offerings on the Running Hook Podcast Network, hosted by these two gentlemen. Bryce, Linsanity is powering through about to be March Madness. Yes. What do we got coming up on Linsanity? Oh, I know Linsanity man. just dropped that. Fire yeah, we episode. just dropped it. I, it, it. Fun fact, AB. Um, so I know Caleb didn't send you an agenda. Uh, well, at least a detailed agenda yesterday because we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about it. We, we literally got on five minutes before we started and said, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. It, Caleb's like, we're talking about March Madness. I'm like, great. And we flowed through that entire episode and it was freaking awesome. So if you guys haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it because I'm really proud of this one, honestly, because I felt like it was a really good pod. And we we talked about some really valuable information for the NCAA tournament. So we're going to continue that through March. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, and then probably from there, we'll probably join the NBA talk um, and, and do obviously something different from Power Hour. So you need to listen to both, obviously. That's right. That's right. But tell them they need to listen to this one, too, because I mean, this one. This one's probably one of the best power hours yet, in, in my unbiased opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you could talk Pacers, it's always the best. Exactly. Zach, what, I know cinema, this is probably going to be the most action-packed cinema's been in a while. You got Mando, you got Succession, you got Oscars. Just, I mean, is it going to be more action-packed than this? This month is <laughs> fucking goldmine. We have the Oscars. We have... Here's the, here's some movies I'm going to list off for you. We have Creed 3, which I'm going to see tomorrow. John Wick 4 at the end of the month. Scream 6, March 10th. And we have Succession at the end of the month, the final season. Mando, which dropped yesterday. Uh, I, I just cannot wait. And, and me and Bryce, starting our 
Star Wars recaps once again. Oh my god. Mando, we're starting on Monday. Uh, and then Alex and me. It sounds like we planned it before the pod. We're gonna do succession pods. So uh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm really that's how we I'm roll. really excited. Uh and the Oscars, I, I there's not much to get wrong this year. I've said that before, but we'll see. Oh, so you know how that goes. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. It might be placing some money on the Oscars uh, this year. Oh, typical. And typical. I'll be doing I'll be doing an Oscars pod with Caleb next week, I believe. Next Thursday, going over the odds for the Oscars. Oh, by the by the way, if you disagreed with anything we said in this episode, at Caleb Lynn one on Twitter is all of our ats. Um, yes, yes, it's a make communal. Sure you tell, it's a communal account. Yeah, it is. Right. Make sure you make sure you let at Caleb Lynn one know how you feel. Um, and he 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 handles it very well. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Don't be afraid to, it, to shout him out. Exactly. He's going to he's going to say something at the end, like how I didn't sh- or how I gave him a nice shout out at the end there. How I always, you know, how I live rent free, how, how he lives rent free in my head or something. I don't know. That's typical, Caleb. So he's actually going to be on a power hour next week, folks. Ah, God. Oh, God. He's going to talk about Zach Griffith's favorite team. The New York Knicks. Oh no! Oh hey, no! Not much for Zach to laugh at this year. No, that's true. That's true. Much laugh at. Competent moves. Competent moves. Very competent. Very competent. I've actually been impressed. Josh Hart turning over off. a new leaf, perhaps. Doubt it, but could be. <laughs> so, folks, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Zach and Bryce, for joining me. And thank Thank you. you. And I want to thank everyone again for listening.